Hey y'all. Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom, talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward. Whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom, navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life. Feel stuck in an identity crisis? Feel like your life lacks direction? Goals feel distant? Well, you're not alone. Tune in every Wednesday as I go through the crazy coaster called life with you. This podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is awkward. I'm your host, Lola Nicole. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the awkward mom stage starts now. Lola's recording the calls right there. All right. So thank you so much for, I know it's like 6 a.m. there, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. yeah but it's you, summer, so we're, I'm always up early anyway. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for the podcast today. It's really... Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Exciting. So, we always have our guests introduce themselves. We always do an intro for them, but we always like to have you introduce yourself, uh, tell our listeners who you are, and how you got started with travel. Sure. So I'm Jenny, obviously Australian, as you can probably tell by the weird accent. Um, I have been travelling for about 30 years now. We started, myself and my husband did a, did around Australia when we were uh, young. It was very much the thing to do in kind of our generation, but we kind of went a little bit further than most and took it for about five years. And then, yeah, uh, and then we always kind of planned to travel internationally with fairly kind of with an open ticket but my husband is very he's he's his work is everything for him so he absolutely is just enamored with everything that he does so I kind of we started doing just kind of month-long trips the most we did was probably two or three months um and after a few years he kind of fessed up that yeah he didn't really want want to travel just you know endlessly Uh, it just wasn't for him it was kind of work so I started going on my own so probably in an and in the beginning probably maybe one out of three trips I did was by myself and then um, I started kind of going for a little bit longer and a little bit longer and then uh, the year I turned 50 um, I had decided the previous year that I was going to just do it I was going to go with an open ticket and just do whatever I wanted so I was away for almost two years Um, so yeah which was really cool I, I travel I'm a bit different to a lot of Travelers my age, I guess. I travel a bit like a backpacker. Um, I'm kind of very budget orientated. Um, but the benefit of being a little bit older is that I also have a little bit more money to do those things that I probably wouldn't have when I was in my 20s. So, yeah, yeah I kind of, you know, don't drink four nights a week and then do that flight over the Okavango Delta kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just oh, no, that prioritizing. Wanna, you, like, we backpacked through Peru and we did it the cheap way. And I think we've spent most of our time, like, doing some work in the hostel to earn our keep and then the rest of the day drinking Pilsen with the local people. (laughs) (laughs) But they're the story to remember, aren't they? (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah. So with like travel, because on your website, you're 
very much like travel over 40 and everything like that do you feel like what do you feel the biggest difference is aside from like you know the partying and everything that it is traveling over 40 um i think if you've had any travel experience before it's um it makes you a lot more confident um you're much more inclined to go out and do stuff on your own because there's you know by the time you get to this age and you've done some travel you've kind of known you have a a gut instinct that you trust that you might not when you're younger but when you're older you absolutely do it's quite inherent um so I think that's one of the things that you kind of know how far you can go before you might get yourself into a bit of trouble or in a situation where you probably should back out of um I think the other thing is, and this is massive, and I think, too, this is primarily for me. I'm on the heavy side. I'm not a slim woman. I'm fairly heavy, and I am completely invisible. It is awesome. Like when, (laughs) you know, when I am. Like I'm just this kind of weird squidgy around the edges, you know, normal kind of woman that no one really pays any attention to. Um, And I found that has very much changed since I've got older. When you're younger, you do attract a a bit more attention, some of it wanted, some of it unwanted. But when you're older, people just ignore you. You just (laughs) – And they just assume, they assume that you have experience in whatever you're doing. So, like, I met a woman in uh, South Africa and we travelled together for a couple of weeks. Uh, She was an English lady. It was the first time she'd ever left the UK. She was a little older than me, so she was probably about 55. Yeah, 54, 55 at the time. And people just assumed that she knew what we were doing. You know, we don't get everyone harassing us constantly going, you buy, you buy, you want this, you want this. Because you say no, you've got your travel face on, you say, no, thanks, I'm good. And you keep walking and they go, well, I'm wasting my time running after that (laughs) one. But when you're 20, they'll have another go, (laughs) maybe three or four. So, yeah, it's kind of, we. I blend. I blend a lot more. Hey, that's not bad. So a lot of our demographic is female and um, some younger. I mean, I would say maybe 24 to 60, realistically, is our demographic a little bit, maybe a little bit younger. But um, what would you say for young ladies who want to travel solo? Because two years of solo travel that's first of all, that's really impressive. But also yeah. anytime you even say you're going to the gas station alone, usually if you're a woman, there's a whole thing where it's like, oh my gosh, are are you gonna be safe? And I said that this year. I said, you know, I really I'm gonna be 35 this year. I also got divorced this year. I really wanna just take a trip by myself. And it's usually like a thing where it's like, you're not gonna take a man with you. So what advice do you have for solo female travelers because you seem to be the ultimate solo female traveler. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think in today's world it's so we're so lucky to have access to so much information that we can and so instantaneously. So I always say to people, think about what practices are going to make you feel safe um, and then put that in conjunction with where you're going. Do some research. Um, that there's a big mentality out there about um, the difference between holidaying and traveling and it that's just rubbish like you if you want to go somewhere it doesn't matter if you're going to somewhere a beach for 10 days or whether you're going to Uganda on a Christian trip it doesn't matter you 
have the facility now to find out a little bit about where you're going. Sure, I understand. I don't. I'm not a massive researcher, but I I go knowing what challenges is it there's been, how I'm going to address it or face it, and then you make sure you have the tools to do that to make yourself feel comfortable. So. For example, if uh, we went to Egypt not long after the uprising and, and everybody – and there was a few of us. There was four of us. And everybody was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's about being respectful. It's about dressing appropriately. You know, it's not – it's your trip, but it's to someone else's home. So, you know, you need right. to be appropriate in what you're wearing, how you're acting, um, and be nice. Be nice, be nice, be nice, because it doesn't matter how often someone else is getting maybe a little bit aggressive towards you. If you take a step back and think, why are they doing this? It's they're just trying to feed their their family. Right. They just got kids at home that they're trying to feed. So you know, instead of being angry and aggressive, which can turn into anything instantaneously, if you smile and you be nice and you just say, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, um, it goes a long way towards alleviating any kind of thing that could happen down the track. The biggest thing that I see often is people dressing inappropriately, especially women. I don't know why we do that, but as a group, I think it's Sometimes I think that because we have, in the last kind of 30 years, I guess we have so much more freedom and so much more accessibility um, and we can do anything and everybody knows that. Sometimes I think we kind of forget that we have to be in someone else's environment. So, uh, you know, you have to kind of address where you're going and, and what activities that is, not what necessarily what you want. So, right. you know, you come off the beach, just put a sarong on or, you know, don't walk to your hotel in your bikini. You know, that's not appropriate where you are and you don't have the right to do that because you have the right to do it at home. You know, it's just right. kind of, yeah, you have to think about where you're going, why you want to go there, what you want to see and then adapt accordingly. And I'll have to say for our American followers, that's one thing that is like pretty consistent across the board from any travelers that I've spoken to from other countries It seems to be, and I'm American, so I can say this, we have the worst manners. We have the least respect for other people's cultures. So listen to that. That is some sage advice. Be appropriate. I know, especially in places like the Middle East, there's, there are big deal rules, you know, for what women are allowed to show and do. And even for men, but especially for women doing research, even if you're not a huge researcher, Knowing what's okay to wear and what's okay to show so that you're not being offensive, I can imagine will take you a really long way as far as having an enjoyable trip goes. And you should just be nice, period, no matter what country you're from. Let's just all be a little more nice. Let's just be a little nice, guys. Be a little more respectful. I think anyone could benefit from that, no matter the country. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we have been doing research because we want to go to Japan next year. Obviously, we can't go right now with, like, COVID and everything, but I'm, like, we should really, like, do our research. And there was, like, just the smallest things that were, like, oh, you can't do that there? And it's, like, oh, well, good thing we know now. Like, we're not over there making these mistakes. And then they're looking at us, like, really, guys? Like, another American coming over and not doing I mean, what we need to do. Nice, place you know. your chopsticks on your plate. Like, there are so yeah. many tiny things right. where it's, like, here, mm. you know us. We just, like, break our chopsticks apart and then, like, rub them together like fire right sticks, which i don't know <laughs> looking that. at you like that's actually offensive it's yeah it's offensive in japan they're like please don't do <laughs> yeah. that so it's like you know there are little tiny things where it's like a part of for me 
my traveling, I travel with my belly. I'm there to eat every single thing. Yeah. Like yeah. everything. I'm going to that way myself. Yeah. But a large part of it, I would think, is like really getting immersive in other people's cultures and learning and respecting the culture and the land. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, you have to kind of, it doesn't matter how you do it. If you're comfortable at the beginning of the day, you're more likely to get um, a high level of confidence as that trip goes on, even if it's just a day or a week or a month or whatever. Like, So if you feel like you have to stay at the Marriott to be safe, do that. Like, You yeah. don't have to, you know, travelling doesn't mean that you have to have a backpack and, you know, if you want a suitcase because you want to know you can lock it and you can padlock it stuff and no one's going right. to be able to cut it, do it. Like, That's me and Lola. Little... We're, we're literally day and night. Like I backpacked through Peru and like some of it was sleeping in, you know, a little bit of it's hostels. You don't know. Like some of them are really nice. Some of them is 14 Not people so in much. Room and yeah. you're, lo- you're, yeah. you're locking everything in like a little to- under your bed. But like my girl, as much as I love her, she's not doing that with me. If it's any kind of thing, baby needs a yurt or a cabin or something. Like she's not gonna rough it with. Like, me. give it's me a nice RV, just something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you might lot. get you might get the nice RV, but then you might go so much further than you normally would because you have that to come back to, and you're yeah. that makes right. you comfortable. So you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do that 12k hike because I've got somewhere nice. To I was just about to say, I've I got a bath to sit in at the end. You know? Yeah. That's the thing. I know if I put her in a hotel, I can get her on a hike. If I make yeah. her sleep outside, she's not hiking. Anymore. Yeah, it's like I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like you've already tortured me enough. I'm good now. Thank yeah. you. Hey y'all. Hope you're enjoying the show. Did you know that you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts? It would mean so much to us if you left us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts so that we are a suggested podcast and more people can find us. We're also now on Pandora Podcasts, so you can pretty much listen to us anywhere that you get your favorite podcast. You can also screenshot and share the show on your Instagram, and we will share them and shout you out on our next episode. Thank you so much for all of your support and everyone who listened. Now back to the show. Do you have like any favorite destinations, like places that you've traveled that you just love or that you've repeated? Um, I have I haven't actually repeated too many um, because I'm always excited about where next I can go. Yeah. Um, Japan is amazing. You will love it. it really? Is I'm excited. It's sensational. Yeah. I, I always recommend Japan to people. It's so easy to travel. Um, and everyone's so keen to help you. Um, the only downside is they often, they're so polite. They won't tell you if you're doing something a little bit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so you've done, you've done the right thing doing your research. Cause they'll just smile and nod and think, God, oh, look at that twat. But, <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful. It's it's um it's amazing. So Japan, yeah, one of my favorites. Um, I also loved Peru. Uh, I loved Peru. That was just okay. stunning. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. It is. Yeah. Uh, but as a whole, I think I know it's a continent, not necessarily a country, but Africa just seeps into your soul. It's just you just really? it's. Oh, You're the yeah. second person that told me that this month. Yeah, I've heard that twice this month that it's one of the most magical places ever. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of don't like doing like 
continents because everyone goes Africa and they could mean anything. Right. You know, they yeah. mean yeah, Kenya or South Africa or Mali or anything. But yeah, as a continent, it does. It just it's very diverse. There's just so much going on and sometimes so little going on. And but it's yeah, people are just inherently inquisitive and keen to help you and you know have nothing themselves but will invite you for dinner or you know it 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 does it's just it's I feel like it's how a lot of us should be really but that's how I love to travel like in Peru when I was there I met some really nice people because we did stay with some locals where it's like um oh my goodness I can't remember the name of the dish but she taught me how to make a really um delicious potato dish but like just really kind people that don't have a lot, but will teach you to cook and allow you to cook with them. And like, you know, yeah. one thing that I've learned that like doesn't happen here that I really love seeing in another country, community and like the amount of gathering that happens around food. Yeah, for sure. You know, people want to share their food that's with you. They want to share yes. their culture with you. And they that's do. one of the most exciting parts for me. But favorite places, I have to please tell me Greece is as magical as it looks on Yeah, I've always pictures. been wondering. Um, I, it, is. <laughs> it, it is. I haven't done the Santorini, Mykonos. I haven't done those islands. I've done all the the Yonions up there, kind of the northwest of Greece, which are oh, kind wow. of a, a, a more local, I guess, kind of in style. Um, and we've done quite a good, big road trip through Greece. My husband did Greece with me. And it is. It is absolutely <sighs> stunning. Yeah, yeah. That is on my list yeah. big time. And it's yeah. just like when I look at those views, I'm like, how is this place real? Just oh it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. how gorgeous some places really are. It is just Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Magic. Actually Greece was one of the countries that I went to I do haven't I only went to Greece probably four or five years ago, but it was the first place I think I went to that I kind of consciously thought I don't know, you know how you have in your head that countries are very unique, you know, just in their landscape and their people and, you know, how they dress and all that kind right. of stuff. And then you don't always take into account the proximity to somewhere else. You yeah. kind of just think that the border is – everything changes when you cross the border. It's this stupid thing that we do. But when we're in the north east of, northwest of Greece, it's just – it was so like Italy. I was like, this is oh, really, really strange. I'm like okay. – I'm like – it's Greek Italy. <laughs> and then I thought, wow, that's a really daft thing that I've always done. It's just assumed <laughs> when you cross the border that it changes. And of course it doesn't. But that's doesn't, so cool it, yeah. because when you think about like, for me, I went to culinary school. So everything that I ever talk about almost always revolves around food all the time. Oh, but when it, I yeah. think about <laughs> cuisines and the merging of, you know, like Italy and Greece, the food in that region is probably so drastically different than the food would be in, you know, Mykonos or one of those places because it is a hybrid and those people are immigrants. Yeah. So I can imagine yeah. that the culture, you know, the food, everything is different than it would be, you know, just one island away. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Right. My dad and my stepmom do Italy every year for their uh, anniversary. And I'm always like so jealous, like, oh, I want to go so bad. Like <laughs> I see pictures and everything. And I'm just like, I'm so jealous. I want to go to Italy. Like I need to have my eat, pray, love moment in Italy. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. So it you said beautiful. a lot of your travel is budget travel. Now that I'm a single woman, I want to just go see everything under the sun. Like my kids are getting older. They can stay with other people. And now I'm just like, listen, mama wants to get on an airplane and go places. (laughs) So what's your strategy for finding the best prices and being able to stay places for, I mean, 
traveling for two years. Yeah. Two years is a very lengthy amount of time. So if you, if any of our listeners really are interested in traveling long-term periods, you know, international, what is the best strategy? I think initially you have to, it, it obviously starts with saving your money. And I always have this thing. My dad always used to say to us, no is a perfectly good answer. Like, you know, you can say yes and not explain it. But hardly anyone ever says no without thinking they have to explain it. And he was always like, no is a perfectly good answer. Just say no. So I always use that most days now. Like I might think, oh, go down the cafe and grab a coffee. I'm like, no, I can just make a coffee, you know, like or um, as uh, we in Australia are very much like you guys. I think we do very much socialize around food. Uh So if I'm saving to go somewhere, everyone's always, oh, come, you know, we'll we'll go out to dinner. And I'm like no, let's just go to the park or I'll meet you at the beach or kind of thing. And it's really been really strange because a lot of people have commented that they now do the same thing, that they're kind right. of like, oh, yeah, we don't have to spend $50 to see each other. You know, well, we can just tell you, catch up anywhere. If I, if I spent less money on Starbucks, I could probably at least take a small road trip every oh, single yeah. month. For every sure. single month. If <laughs> oh. I literally just took the Starbucks app off my phone and said, you know what, no Starbucks, n- no afterpay. Yeah. I would pro- first of all, I'd probably be rich, <laughs> but also, like, I just feel like I'd definitely be able to go more places if I just cut out like a couple things. So that's yeah. super yeah. smart. Yeah. So, listeners, let me just tell y'all: maybe for 2021, we put our Starbucks app to the side so yeah. we can go get How our travel. Like, I calculated you know, that I spent on Starbucks that one. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to terrible. talk about it. I probably small road trip right there for a yeah. minute. It's hundreds of dollars. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. Yeah. We we want to hide every time. We've been friends for 20 years. Wow. We okay. talk about finances. We talk about every everything. Yeah. So a lot of the times when she's doing her budget, I'm like, okay, fine. Let me sit down into my budget too. And we use budgeting apps and the whole thing. So it's like when we both go through and look at what we've been spending, just drinking coffee, sometimes more than one time a day. I'm very ashamed. Oh, yeah. The yeah. last time we calculated, I think we were both spending around $200 a month at Starbucks. Yeah, which oh is terrible God. because I literally have like a full-on Keurig and everything like on my calendar. Oh, really? But like yeah, it, never still just <laughs> it never tastes the same. So I always, I'll make one and then I'm like, I still need coffee. So then I always end up back at Starbucks. It's terrible. <laughs> we're listening to the pro. She said, cut it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go anywhere. I'm not giving it to Starbucks. <laughs> Actually, that was one of the best things that I think I ever learned. I'm um, I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm not bad. So it just it doesn't make me feel good, but I'm not like violently ill from it or anything. Right. But about 20 years ago, I just was like, oh, milk coffees are just not, they just don't sit well. So I started drinking black coffee. And as soon as you start drinking black coffee, you don't cheap, need cheap, to cheap, go. Cheap. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like It's much cheaper. <laughs> you don't need anything because that's like no. your latte budget out the window yeah, right. exactly yeah if you can oh. tolerate it black just drink it like that for the budget okay exactly. listen if yeah. cutting out starbucks for the year gets me to paris for next year fine yeah right easy yeah so I'll, let yeah, me I'll, ask I'll, you I'll. what is your view on travel agencies i think they definitely have their place i don't use them at all obviously but you know it's been i've been kind of researching stuff travel flights and accommodation stuff for years so you know i've just kind of don't really need it but i think they do have their place especially for the older generation or often for first-time travellers, if you can have someone else kind of plan out and you know how much it's going to cost when you go and you know what you're doing and you have an itinerary, that 
makes people feel really safe. I was going to say too, if you're not a person, like I'm very similar to you in regard that like in 2015, I quit my job, packed up my whole apartment, sold everything, and then packed my backpack and got on a plane and went to Peru. So I am very much like you in the regard where I, I was just like, you know what, I'll earn my keep at a hostel and then I can spend all my money on hanging out with Peruvian people and eating. So I understand, but you know, for people I think who maybe don't enjoy the roughing it aspect or they do just kind of don't like spontaneity so much, maybe that's a good avenue for someone who, you know, isn't going to plan their own spontaneous month long yeah. trip. And if it gets somebody out there, if it means that someone who wouldn't go on their own because they wouldn't know what to do or even how to find out what to do and they get out there and they've spent, you know, three weeks in New Zealand and they've loved it, next time they're probably going to be more inclined to maybe plan it a little bit more themselves or they might book their flights and accommodation but they won't, you know, kind of do all the tours or, you know, whatever. If booking through someone else that you know knows what they're doing means that you feel safe for that element of time that's worth it for them right yeah. people have to learn how to be free travelers yeah. yeah and it's not for everybody it really isn't uh, like that's you know true. I have I have friends that they go somewhere every year they always go for three weeks we have a month uh we have four weeks holiday here in Australia so okay. they always go <laughs> that's for three beautiful. I know <laughs> they always go for three weeks and then the other week they stay home with their grandkids but they they book a trip through an agent every single year because it's just she says it means I don't don't have to do it because he right. won't do anything okay. so it means okay. that I don't have to spend all my spare time and effort planning and organizing and getting him here I just have to make sure he has the itinerary in his hand and then tomorrow. you know if he's like what are we doing tomorrow she's like look at the page yeah because they're a couple and it's much easier for her than than doing it any other way so and they feel safe they're you know they they're not really adventurous people so it's something that they can do and she just passes it on and she loves it have you heard of next vacay i have it's I, like I, the it's like a budget oh yes, yes it gives you the budget the tickets email? and stuff yeah yes, the email yes. and gives you the yeah i just yeah i just signed up for that just so i could see like how i like it i've been getting like they just started kind of like rolling out um tickets again because i think for a while they kind of stopped with like covid and everything but now they're starting to roll them out for like 20 it looks like between like december and all the way through like next year they're starting to book them out now yeah they're great especially if you have an open time frame if you can just kind of go to suit the prices they are awesome i had them i was signed up for them for a long time but they don't do a lot of australian stuff so yeah Got, and everything from here to get anywhere is expensive. We never, almost never get specials <laughs> to get. You've either got to go through Singapore, Dubai, or LA kind of really? thing. Really? Yeah, and all oh the airlines my know goodness, that. I want to go to Singapore so bad. I love yeah, flying so in Singapore. Oh, Singapore's very cool, actually. It's really nice. It's so cool. It's really cool. I, I have an extensive travel list. It's time for me to get on some airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have like our little really, kitchen boards, and there's so like many places on there. <laughs> I really think that when I'm 50 years old, I'm going to be sitting right here as like a travel expert, like doing, giving an interview just like this, because I, <laughs> I have a deep and intense desire to see so much of the world. I, I say that all the time. Like, guys, there's just so much world to see. Yeah, and that's it's really weird exciting. for me when people don't want to like, they're like, oh, no, I've, I don't cross the threshold of the state I live in. And it's like, wait, what? Right. I know. I almost like, you Where's scare me. You don't, <laughs> you, don't <laughs> any place? you don't even like, want to no. go to one other state 
No, no I, like I have a friend that she does not want to leave. She's like, no, I am perfectly fine in Florida. There's plenty of places for me to go there. I don't want to leave. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> there's a and whole sure, world. Okay. Yeah, most, most people that's, you know, just a choice. But there's always that element that because they haven't gone anywhere and experienced anything else, it, it causes a lot of the challenges that we're seeing now coming to the surface because they don't know how to interact with people of different races or cultures or so they just don't or they're too scared to because they have some stupid thing in their head. So, yeah, I think that th- that scares me a little when someone says to me, oh, no, I'm, you know, I don't want to leave Australia and I just like, oh, what else are you going to say to me? <laughs> I get right. real nervous. Right. Yeah. For me, I think it took me a long time. Well, I'm 35 now and I just started wanting to travel. I want to say at like 25 just because my own family is just like, oh, why would you want to go to that other country? Which is weird because my family has traveled to other countries before my dad was in the military, so I was born in Iceland. So it's not like they haven't oh, been wow. outside of the U.S. I think they just like their comfort zone. So they always were like, oh, no, you got to stay in your box. And so for the longest, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to go anywhere else. I might get kidnapped or murdered. You never know. <laughs> well, and, and also, I think our parents are of the generation where, like, on the TV, what was being advertised to them in that time was like Disney World was really a thing. So theme parks yeah. was a lot. Yeah. I mean, you got to think our parents are from the 60s and 70s. Everybody had a station wagon. Most people have five kids. So it's like, you know, come to Wally World, come to Disney World, come to these places where, where you can bring your kids or come live it up in the Bahamas because it's not America, you know? So it's, yeah. right. it's not, when you think about what we see on TV, we see Carnival Cruise, we see Sandals, we see Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. We see um, Puerto Rico, and as of the last two years, we see Cuba. But yeah. if it's not along the lines of something kind of coastal and local, we don't really see, you know, travel to Paris and live your best life. That's not right. on TV. It's oh, on yeah, It's on Instagram. Right. When you really think about what's being sold to you on television, it's usually something local or maybe, you know, the heavy hitters. L.A., Miami, New York A City, sandal. Denver, Colorado. And maybe Houston, Texas, if you're talking yeah. about, you know, United States. It's like, come visit the big, huge cities or Mall Or Nashville. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you Nashville's know, big. it's just kind of like big local towns, but it's never, it's never kind of peddled to you like, hey, there's a whole world here. You should leave yeah. the United States. Like, take your feet. Ah. Out. And so then when you are a child that's 18 or 19 and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to take a gap year and travel. It's. It's one of those things where everybody's mouth drops like, wow, you're so brave when it's like, no, I'm just trying to get some culture because I've only been here. Right. I don't <laughs> yeah, know anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I need something else. Yeah. And I so think that you, if you look at it from the other perspective too, someone who's like a young girl from France who's coming to the, wants to come to the US for a year and her parents probably saying, oh my God, you're going to get shot. Right. You yeah. know? Because it's they have American. Their, don't go yeah. because there's yeah. machine guns. Every American human being owns a machine gun, so don't <laughs> right. go to America because as soon as you get to the airport, they're gonna shoot you. Yeah. You're gonna be in a body yeah. bag. Or like if you're if you're from a South American country or Mexico or somewhere that you know you are brown and Hispanic, as upsetting as it is in our current climate in the United States, I'm sure people from um you know yeah. brown nations, Hispanic people, Saudi Arabian people, are like don't you dare step into America. Right. Because they're like, going to yeah. put you in a cage uh, and you're never yeah. going to come home. So, yeah. you know, 
there's so much fear mongering happen happening now. But yeah. I follow so many travel accounts that I'm just like, guys, people are going places. They're safely going places. Women are alone going places. Right. Yeah. People, I, I follow a couple parents that are like traveling, which I respect so much because I don't even take my kids to Target. Um, <laughs> traveling, full blown traveling across the country, putting their one year old in a 10 hour flight. Yeah. yeah. Girl, all the claps because no. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, there's traveling families. They like get in their buses and they just, they're out. They're like, hey, we're yeah. going to see the world. And I, I admire that for sure, especially I taking children. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you can't subscribe to the fear. You have to do your own research. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And remember that where you're going, they're thinking the exact same thing about coming. You know, people always say about Australia, oh, there's everything there. That, you know, all the animals will try and kill you. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's me. Yeah. Lady above. That's yeah, me. She, she's like, oh, I'm like, oh, gosh, I want to go to Australia. It's so beautiful there. I follow a couple of people. The Gold Coast is amazing. Let's please go. Like, let's just please, please. Uh, you know, let's go see some stuff. And she's just like, yeah, but what about all those spiders? She thinks that every like, there's bush a and every tree in Australia has those like monster spider webs where you see the spiders that are this big. She thinks they're in every tree in Australia. They're so everywhere. now she's oh, like, I don't I think I want to go because there's 10, f- 10 foot spiders in Australia and they're everywhere when you go to the grocery store. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a one-off <laughs> and it's a picture that's like gotten circulated so much that now you're terrified. But I can yeah. assure you, people live there I'm not thinking that people are getting eaten by spiders. I think that it's okay. And they show you that stuff where it's like, ooh, spooky Australia. But like too many people are going and they hold a huge surf competition there every year and all the Americans come back unless they drown. We don't know. We don't know. I could be the first one. I'm not sure. She's telling us we're safe. She's here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was literally my biggest fear for Australia. It's like terrifying spiders. Somebody showed me one photo. It was like one or two photos, and they're like, "Look at these spiders in Australia." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't ever go. They're gonna kill me." She I don't. Said it every that's time, it. It's like I can't go there. The insects are very scary. <laughs> I was watching. Um, do you guys know Graham Norton? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was watching Graham. I love him. He's so funny. I was watching something the other day, and um. Because Chris Hemsworth and his family live in Byron Bay, which is only about 60 or 70 k's away from us. Oh. And he is very good friends with Matt Damon. And uh, Matt Damon came out and his family came out to visit them. And um, and he was joking about, oh, you know, I'm going to get eaten. I'm going to get this or that. And they were joking about it. And then I think, though, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Matt Damon got stung by a jellyfish swimming. Oh. <laughs> and then... The next day, they went somewhere to uh, uh, to a surf beach or something, and he got out of the car and stood on a snake. And then no. the third day, something else happened, and he was just like, "Oh my god, it's true!" <laughs> it's just, and the chances are, you know, I've never stood on a snake in my life, and I hike all the time, you know, like I've been bitten by a jellyfish once, and I'm in the water for six months of the year, you know, like that poor guy. <laughs> That's crazy. That would be me. That would be me. I yeah. get off a plane and there would be a gigantic spider that just comes right there. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. Right. And the and the airline suit. Like, oh, you guys can offload the plane here. And it's just like a spider with all eight of his arms and like right. a nice it's little like, Australian hey. air suit just like waving you off the plane. Like, yes, come <sighs> with my eight arms so I can kill you. The worst. The worst. That's my biggest fear. Yeah. 
Yeah, mine's just frogs. And any, but anywhere in the United States, anywhere has frogs. Yeah, (laughs) my fears excite people, and I think it's hilarious. (laughs) See, we're just laughing laughing nervously because we don't want to tell you what else. (laughs) Makes me laugh. I'm saying, and we have plenty of scary stuff here too. You know. What's one of your most notable travel experiences? I know you said you love Africa, but I feel like every trip has something about it that's really memorable. What's one of your most memorable moments? Actually, one of my most memorable happened actually in the US. I was um, house-sitting for a couple in uh, Prairieville, which is about an hour outside of New Orleans, and they had gone off traveling and I was just kind of house sitting for them and I was going in every couple of days to get the mail. They gave me this little car to use, which was really nice of them. And I was coming home from the post office one day and uh, blew a tire and I thought, oh, I haven't changed a tire in years. And Nancy had been, no, no, this AAA, this AAA, you just call them. So I called and this guy came out and he was so lovely and so friendly. And, and I was just, I wasn't having like a bad day, but I'd had, I had to renew my driver's license, which before I left Australia, they told me I could just do online. And then my birthday is the 1st of July, which is our, the beginning of our financial year in Australia. So a lot of changes happen on the 30th of June. So on the 30th of June, well, they actually early, probably about May, they decided that from the 30th of June that year, if your license was more than five years old, I think you couldn't renew it online anymore. You had to actually go in and, and represent with new IDs. <laughs> so, yeah, so after I left the country, they told me, and I'm like, and I have like, my driver's license is I, you know, I ride motorbikes, I can drive a semi-trailer, which, what what do you call them, tractor trailers? Like the big, big Oh, big the 18-wheelers? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have all that. I can drive all that. I, I kind of worked in the mines when I was young and I got all these licenses. Ooh. And I don't, not that I ever drive a truck that big very often anymore, but I don't want to lose it. So if I let my license lapse, I would, I'd have to go for all these tests again, which will cost right. me mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. And, you know, I just was like, ah, oh, so I'm, I'm toing and froing with the Department of Transport and I just was having a really crap day and then I blew this tyre and, and I, I called the guy and then I realised I didn't have my book so I had to wait for AAA without my book and that was that's just terrible to me because I just read all the time. Oh, so I was man. like, I have to sit here for an hour without my book and, you know, you know when you just, those stupid things are really, really bothering yeah. you. And this guy came and he goes, oh, you know, you're having a bad day. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not having a bad day but, you know, it hasn't been the best day you know kind of thing and the next day was 4th of July and he invited me to his family gathering um and he was really funny because there's this huge guy he was maybe six foot four six foot five um and he's like you know it's not just me it won't be just me like you know my mum will be there and my grandmother and all the kids and and we do it at a park it's not just a house you don't have to he's he was, so cute he's like listen i'm yeah. not a creep like i'm not, <laughs> yeah, a, I'm not a serial killer come to lunch yeah so i said oh, oh thank you i will so he gave me the name of this park and what have you and i turned up bad he said i oh, will be there from 11 but anytime you know we'll probably eat about one so you know whatever so i said all right no i'll be there so so I got there about 11.30 and all of his – there was must have been 100 people. I'm not kidding you. There was just this whole family and all of the kids knew my name and they came up and shook my hand. And, oh, wow. And, yeah. and wanted to, I know. I wanted to know stories about Australia and, and, um, and his grandma was like, um, you know, you're the only, you know, 
Australian I've ever met and it was just it was so so lovely and it really just made my week like I just yes. I can say it was yeah, nothing major but to do. Yeah, yeah just a friendly, friendly guy and yeah who was you know trying to convince me he wasn't going to you know kill me and, kill and <laughs> yeah, yeah it was just but it's things like that that you remember like you know it's you know you go trekking with the gorillas in Uganda and it's amazing but then two days later a person will do something really nice for you and that sticks yeah. in your mind a little bit more even you know like it's always Definitely. the people that yeah. and I think that's on usually my favorite part of a lot of experiences is the people yeah yeah Meaning like yeah. cool people I yeah. think too because in our generation like because we have cell phones and everything it it's really upsetting because people are starting to really lack social skills and and yeah. know how to communicate and take pride in like not going out and not interacting so being open enough to just go you know hang out with a stranger's family and end up having the best time i really admire barely, like people barely want to hang out with their friends that they know right yeah 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 and it always kind of teaches you as well how very fortunate you are you know like I kind of look at this family I'm like they are never going to have the finances to leave the U.S. they're just not ever going to be able to do that hopefully their kids can but they're just not in a situation that would ever happen for them and so you just kind of think god I've been you know I'm feeling crappy because I'm trying to deal with the Queensland driver's license people you know which is just nothing in the overall scheme of things you know and then here's these people that you know they tell me oh I'd like to go here and oh have you been here and you just it makes you feel so fortunate that you've got the capability to do what you do yeah for yeah, sure for sure what was it like for the first time taking your own very first solo trip what was that experience like oh I yeah think it's hard um, to pick a favorite when you've been almost everywhere <laughs> um it is it is so hard and people ask that to me all the time like what's your favorite country and in the end I just say Australia because you know I'm just like I can't pick one like you yeah. know and, and some countries and you might not have been probably notable happens in almost every trip so I feel like it probably is really hard when you've collected as many memories as you have actually you know what to just I, pick one I do have have one thing again it's about people I did a really really stupid thing in um Bamako in Mali Mali is the northwest of Africa and I really wanted to do the northwest but I knew that it that was there it just wasn't possible for me to do it as a single woman on my own that just wouldn't have been smart so I I got on an overland truck that kind of goes all the way down the west coast but the truck kind of like you know you get to places and it stops and you can just do whatever you want you know during the time that we're there it's not like anything organized it's just really kind of like a mode of transport and we're in Bamako which is a really cool city but not far out of Bamako, probably only about 500 k's as you get north towards Timbuktu there are ISIS controlled territories up there so oh, yeah. we had been very told like we weren't allowed to post anything I kind of make it a rule of thumb to post about two weeks behind where I am anyway right. just yeah, yeah that's safety. really smart um but th- we were told that under no circumstances would you post anything uh, for three weeks after we'd passed through the area because oh, that's how um yeah the kidnappers that's how they actually track you so you know that was kind of yeah but once you kind of get into the city and it's a really big African city and it's you know it's it feels quite safe and you know we were wandering through the markets and kind of no challenge and then I was with a couple of the guys and they went off somewhere and I wanted to go to the fetish market so I went to the fetish market and then I was leaving and normally you kind of walk out and all the taxi drivers just kind of run at you you know kind of thing and I started 
this guy was just kind of standing a bit back, but I thought, oh, he's not yelling at me. I'll pick him. Um, and I said, oh, hey, you know, like I want to go because the hostel we're staying at was near the German embassy. I want to go to the German embassy. He's like, yes, madam, yes, madam, and um, kind of opens the car door for me and I get in. He gets in. And I'm only – we're only gone about 100 metres and I just had the creeps. Like I just had the heebie-jeebies. I was just oh, like, man. this guy, my – Stomach was going, and I was like, I just, and he was just watching me in the rear vision mirror. And then I realized that I didn't have a handle on the inside of my door, and oh. I was just kind of looking around. And then I realized it actually wasn't a taxi. And I was like, I had just gotten into the back of the car with some random guy, oh, and no. I just, and I just was completely panic stricken but you know you're trying to kind of smile and I'm thinking I don't really want him to know I'm so so I pretended it was and it was a warm day but I pretend it was hot so I managed to get the window down which was really really hard enough that I knew I could kind of get my hand out to open the door because he'd opened it from outside to let me out so I knew I could open from outside to let me in sorry and I literally I waited we kind of got stuck in this congestion because you know it's a big effort to do these people everywhere and I went oh there's my friends and I kind of threw I got money out and I threw a couple of dollars over to the front to him and I got my arm out and I got out of the taxi and I I would only shut the door and I heard his door and he chased me and I was like it's not going to end well and I saw this big group of women coming out of like a little shop it was about six or seven of them and they're all you know Muslim women all fully um, covered and I just ran into the middle of them and I was just going you know help me help me and pointing at the guy who was running at me and they literally just like they couldn't speak English I can't speak Arabic they literally just closed around me and just started screaming at this guy and one of was like throwing oranges at him oh, and then, and then <laughs> the noise made yeah the noise made like men come and then men came and they were shooing him away and like and I was just like oh my god that was just women absolute, supporting yeah, women. yeah. Do you hear me? yeah. I, we, like, we literally live by that code because we listen to another podcast <clears throat> called my favorite murder and their tagline is stay sexy and don't get murdered but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like they say it all the time they're like listen if you see a girl and she looks like she's in distress or the situation looks weird, their whole um, thing, and not to be crass, but their whole motto is like, fuck politeness. Like, yeah. You think that a girl is in danger or if you are in danger, first of all, go grab a girl's hand. Like, I'm so glad that I see you. If a girl comes to you and looks you in your eyes and is like, oh, I'm so happy to see you and she doesn't know you, she's in big trouble. Like, please just yeah. embrace her and y'all walk off together in a buddy system. Like, that's the best story that I've ever heard. I have goosebumps on my arm. Like, I'm really like, just, I'm <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh my gosh. Right? And like, you weren't like, oh, you know, they might not help me. You you're, you right. made a snap decision that was a super smart decision. And those women were like, yeah, you get the hell away from her right now. So like, yeah, yeah. girls, yeah. like, we got to protect each other because sometimes people don't have our best interests at heart and teamwork makes things happen. Yeah. So shout teamwork out to makes the dream work. And probably yeah. obscenities in Arabic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's Lil here, host and producer of the Awkward Mom Stays podcast. And let me tell you, hosting and producing this podcast is not easy. I had no idea what I was doing, and I still kind of don't. Don't tell anyone, but I don't. Buzzsprout has definitely been there to help me along the way. From hosting to helpful videos on what to do, how to edit, where to go, how to get music, you name it. They let me know how to do it. 
and their Facebook community is even more helpful. So let me tell you now, if you are a podcaster or you're trying to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for a host, definitely check out Buzzsprout. They've got everything you need to get started, even a domain name if you don't already have one. Trust me, I'm no tech genius and Buzzsprout has definitely been my saving grace. So if you're interested, you can definitely click the link in the show notes and it will take you to Buzzsprout and they will walk you through everything you need on getting your podcast up, running and ready to go. Now back to the show. So do you have any like top travel tips and tricks that you would do for like budget traveling, whether you're traveling like alone or family? I think uh, as far as finance goes, loyalty really helps you. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not crazy about trying to get uh, frequent flyer points, but I do, I do collect them and I use them for long haul trips. Cause like I say, anywhere from Australia is expensive because you have to get 13 hours to get to another continent kind of thing, apart from New Zealand. Um, So yeah, I, I use, all my points for long haul trips. I don't ever waste them. I wouldn't waste them on a trip from Brisbane to Sydney or I wouldn't fly to Perth to see my husband's mother like, right. with my points because it's just, you know, they cost, in the end, they cost you a lot of money it's, as long yeah. as you don't, yeah, I don't spend money to get them, but I collect them and then use them for the long flights because that saves you thousands of dollars if you're in Australia. Okay. Um, and for you guys too, you know, if you're flying to Europe or, or to Australia, you know, or to anywhere else, <laughs> you know, it's a lot it's a lot of your flights can be long haul as well. So that's a really good way to save some money. Um, loyalties with even with the um, accommodation places like booking.com or like Agoda, I think you earn points. Booking.com you get like status levels. So okay. um, after you've reached a certain level you can again, as long as you're flexible, they have these uh, called genius specials. So, because their levels are genius levels, so sometimes you know I can log on looking for something in you know Madrid, for example. Um, and as if I want to stay a little bit out of the city, I might get like a four star hotel for like sixty dollars a night, okay. where it normally oh, wow. might be two hundred and forty kind of thing, because it. They're just trying to fill up rooms. So, right. but they don't only off, they only offer it to the loyal people, to the people that have spent a fair bit of money with them, kind of thing. I think the other thing too is you can do a lot of false economy. I see a lot of stuff about cheap flights, you know, cheap flights, cheap flights, cheap flights. And mm-hmm. sure, it might be a cheap flight. And people think, well, I'm flying overnight, so I don't spend $30 in a hostel. But you get to your destination at seven o'clock in the morning, and then you have to waste until two or three or four before you can get into your accommodation you've got your luggage with you um, and a lot of upper end accommodation you can just drop it off but anything budget mostly they won't store anything for you they don't have Mm -hmm. the room or you know they just don't want to do it so you end up you know, spending and you might arrive before the trains start in the morning. So you've got to get a taxi from the airport. Um, right. And then you've got to literally, and if, what if it rains? You can't just be lying in the park reading your book. You're going to have to be in a cafe and you can't be in a cafe without spending money. And so I think the biggest thing I think I see, especially with flights, is the false economy. I always say to people, it's not how much the flight costs, it's how much the whole from getting 
from your accommodation in this city to your accommodation in that city, how much does the whole thing cost you? Right. Because, you know, if you miss the train, so you have to get a taxi or you have to spend money to waste hours until you can check in or you can't, you, you can't do a day tour because you're a little bit late to join a day tour even. So, you know, you just end up spending money to, to save $69 on a flight. Right. So I think that that's a big thing I see a lot is people – going for these cheap flights and then when you get to the airport you haven't actually got any luggage so you're paying $60 to take your bag and you know you just really really think about the overall cost of stuff not just that immediate expense and that kind of applies to anything like I have done more than a few tours in my time I love intrepid travel they do great tours a peregrine does great tours and because often I'm looking where to go and I find them in my research I'm thinking oh where can I get this a bit more local and stuff like that and I work out that it's going to cost me $200 more to do that tour than it would for me to do it on my own and then there's always money that you just don't count into things and that's like a holiday for me I'm just kicking back and someone and getting on a bus every second day and someone's taking me somewhere new it's so (laughs) easy Um, and it's cost me hardly any more money than I would have spent myself doing it and time as well time's another thing a lot of people are really especially like real dedicated travelers are real anti-group tours or anti-small group tours or anything like that because oh it's not real travel and that's not true a lot of the times the people that do it every day every week they know places you'll never find on your own you can get often get a much more local experience and as long as you don't you're not on one of those tours that's a bus with 60 people and you're following the lady with the flag you know like you still have independent choices you can still do whatever you want to do but you might spend three weeks in Egypt and see all of it Whereas on your own, you're waiting for the next bus because, oh, you missed Tuesday's bus, so you've got to wait for Thursday. So that's an extra day you kind of have to stay. And you might have already done everything that you want to do in that area, but you're still paying more money to stay another couple of nights because you missed the bus or, um, you know, like, oh, there's no public transport. So you've got to fly and then kind of work your way back or – so, yeah, sometimes it's not – it's a bit of false economy in everything. So – Often, especially with time, if you have a limited time frame, sometimes doing a tour can really can make you can see so much more than you could do yourself in your own time frame. So in the end, while it is more money, you've kind of seen heaps more than you could have done in the same time yourself. Right. Okay. Have you done any COVID traveling or do you plan on doing any COVID traveling? Been very fortunate in the state I live. I live in Queensland in Australia and We had some cases early on and I think we had about six weeks of a moderate lockdown and then we kind of just didn't have any more cases. So we were able to travel within our state from probably, I would say, probably the end of May, maybe early June. Oh, wow. So your company believes in science and medicine. Right. Imagine that, guys. So you went to everybody and you just... When you just believe in science a little bit, you see We've that? Had some states that have been Victoria was or oh, inner city Melbourne was has was locked down for months because they just kept getting more and more cases. Um, yeah. And we've only our our interstate borders have just opened in the last week, so we could now go to Western Australia or um, kind of Victoria. Um, South Australia is still closed, I think. They just had a recent outbreak. But yeah, we've been really fortunate in Queensland. We've been able to travel within the state, and it's a pretty it's 
not one of Australia's biggest states, but it's pretty good size. Like it's probably 3,000 k's from top to bottom. So there's lots you can do. So, yeah. yeah, we've done a lot of really local stuff and kind of been out to little country towns that we either haven't been to for years or have no reason to go to, just kind of to try and help their economy as well. Checking and, them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been over winter, so it's been quite nice out there. So it's not too hot yet. We always like to wrap up and see like – what you have next, um, what you have in the works. Do you have any travel plans soon? Where people can find you as well for, you know, more information or if they want to follow your travels when you are traveling. Just yeah. this is the time to plug it all. Whatever yeah, you I your Instagram photos and those travel pics are beautiful, guys. So you need to go on the Instagram <laughs> and check it out. Are you kidding me? They're unreal. So beautiful. if you want to just have travel lust, go so tell them where to find Uh, you what you got going on because you know they they want to know okay well my my website is charge the globe charging is a it's actually a surfing term i don't know if it's just australia or somewhere else but it it effectively means to just go as hard as you possibly can okay so um yeah so my website's charge the globe my instagram also charge the globe Facebook Charge the Globe. It's kind of anywhere you go, it's, yeah, Charge the Globe, that's me. As for future travels, uh, we're actually hoping. We have everything crossed. We had a – we were going to spend three months in Europe this year over the European summer, um, but unfortunately that didn't work out. So we're hoping to do that next year. I've actually just – rebooked my flights on points um, because you know I can just cancel them for free so that's fine so we're hoping to do we've got a couple of concerts in Germany in July and then we're hoping to work our way down and do Turkey I haven't been to Turkey yet and then a friend of mine said Turkey is so spectacular and she said that she knows that it seems cliche to 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 say to go to the air balloon thing but she said Uh, it's so magnificent in person yeah. that it just doesn't matter who tells you not to do it you absolutely should so that's the advice it doesn't oh, matter cool. if it seems like an instagram you know cliche place she yep. said it's just so amazing to see it go up and like all the people even the local people have like a wonderment about them so if you get okay. to turkey oh, cool. go watch yes. those balloons launch in a beautiful desk like it's amazing yeah yeah so then we're kind of hoping to head up through Probably kind of like Serbia, Montenegro, Romania, up into Russia. So, yeah, fingers crossed that works out. And I'd like to do some more – I also love hiking. I'd like to do some more hiking this year, but uh, that's, you know, I don't know if I'm going to fit it in. (laughs) Yeah. So we always ask our guests or some pod questions. So did you want to ask your pod deck first, Chrissy? I will. If your name was on a product, any product at all, what would it be on? Aside from your website. It would have to be something to combat frizzy hair. Oh, my God. (laughs) My hair drives me crazy. It's not even – it's a little curly, not that curly, but it's just rubbish hair. It's just (laughs) coarse, and it just – I always look like I've been dragged backwards through a hedge. It's just tedious. So, yeah, I found this stuff in – Nigeria actually and it was called like Auntie Betty's or something this shampoo and conditioner oh I love that stuff but I've never found it again and I had a friend oh, went to oh, Nigeria yeah. last year and I'm like please bring me back please right please please bring oh, yeah. me back Auntie yeah. Betty please and she forgot <laughs> and I was like you are off the list yep like we're not friends anymore I can't believe I forget that (laughs) that would be it for sure yeah (laughs) I mean I feel like this question is pretty obvious but what would you write a book about people are inherently good it would be it would be like yeah travel stories but it would be people oh okay yeah yeah because you know like I've had so many 
random people just help me out, whether it's just walking me, I'm lost in a city and they'll walk me to the train station I'm trying to find that's underground that I didn't know was underground. So I'm looking for this massive train station and it's like a set of double doors, you know, like walk past it 10 times going, where's this train station? You know, then some random person on the street goes, are you looking for the train station? I'm like, yes. Um, So, yeah, I think it would be, yeah, people are inherently good i mean you know there's exceptions to every rule but travel perspective we need more books like that because like i said there's tons of fear mongering but not enough like hey guys you're cool it's cool and the people are good most places you go you know yeah Yeah. i think um i think a lot of what people fear is how other people are going to be when they go a new place so i think that if you haven't started that's a book worth writing Oh, okay, yeah. thank you. I might try that. Travel, <laughs> the people we meet. That could be yeah. good. You need some titles. Yeah. There's one. You put that on the pin board. Thank well, you. we really appreciate you being on our pod. You have been an absolute delight, full of laughs yeah. and stories and just good energy. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your time with us and your travel stories. Um we more than appreciate it. And guys, like she said, charge the globe on all platforms. That's how you go and see some really bomb travel photos. So Yeah, and I'll put Thank all so of much, the ladies. information in the show notes so that you can go check it out. I'm trying to tell you those travel photos. I was staring at them. I was like, I have to get to traveling. These photos are amazing. <laughs> yeah. oh, I know. Thank you so much. Really I really appreciate that. So <laughs> again, thank you so much. Guys, this has been another episode of Bestie Chat. And we will see you next week. Later. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy hump day. And always remember you're beautiful. Lola.